This is Renewed Church OC. We're a church for imperfect people only. Thanks for listening. I'm Pastor Wilson. Join us on our Facebook page to watch our Sunday service at 1030. And join our Zoom watch parties to meet our community. We have watch parties for every life stage to help you re-socialize after being stuck at home for a few months. There's a bunch of other links to give you access to our events, small groups, and to invest in our church community. 2020 has been surreal. I think we're on trauma as we process a pandemic, racial injustice, and a recession. It's like we're living in three bad movies. We are walking through the book of James in our how-to series because we need his word to give us wisdom and direction in this time of chaos. For the first three weeks, we are tackling how to fight addiction with a focus on pornography. We're all feeling deep loneliness and pain over the pandemic, and many of us have seen our addictions escalate to numb the pain. If that's you, you're not alone, and you don't have to fight alone. We don't heal in shame and isolation. I hope you find Jesus' love in your darkest sin and that it will draw you towards him and community. Enjoy the sermon. You know, we're often looking at the mirror, seeing how we look, Um, but it's just external. And, and we remember that when God was choosing David, he says, men look at the appearance, women look at the appearance, but God looks at the heart. And I wonder if we spend time looking at our hearts, looking at our souls to, to understand who we are beyond our physical appearance. What would it be like to have a mirror that we can see ourselves through? We can see a reflection of who we are, not what we look like, but who we actually are. Well, James chapter 1, 19 to 21, describes this mirror. Let me read this to you. It says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not be merely listeners to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it does not forget uh, what he has heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongue deceive themselves. And their religion is worthless. Religion that our God accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So as we look at this mirror in James, we know that it's not 
a reflection, again, of just our appearance, but it's a mirror of our soul. It's a mirror of our character. It's a mirror of um, our spirit. We get to see who we actually are. And I wonder, as we look inward, what do we see? Right? When, how, how deeply can we look and how clear eyes uh, do we have as we look at ourselves through the Word of God? Have we been doing that regularly? Is it something that we desire to look at? Or is it something that feels of little meaning? That our face and our body is, is what we stare intensely at. But we kind of ignore and forget about our soul and our spirit. You know, um, my, my wife, she has two masters. She has one master in occupational therapy, which she does uh, part-time now. And her second master's is spiritual formation uh, through Talbot. And I went to Talbot as well. And when, when they talk about this class, they say that our, our spirit or our soul is being formed. From when we were a child, it was being shaped and formed. There's pieces that are being molded, that are growing. There's other pieces that are starting to fortify. And all of us have spirits that are formed and being formed, right? Some are callous where they're unable to feel. Some are really sensitive, overly sensitive, where someone's word pierces straight into their identity. There's aspects of our soul that are, are beautiful, um, that glow out of joy and patience and love for people. And then there's darker places of our soul that we hide, that we have layers of protection uh, of where we don't let people see it. And in some ways, we can even disassociate our soul from our own mind or, or consciousness where we don't look at the darkest places of who we are. But when we look and examine God's word through the Holy Spirit, it gives us a beautiful, clear reflection of who we are. But this reflection elicits a few responses. And, and we have to have a specific posture in order to even be able to see that reflection as we read God's word. So how do we have a clear reflection of God's word? Well, I think verse 19 to 21 speaks to this. It tells us to be quick to listen and slow to speak. This is one of the most fundamental um, spiritual practices that our church has been trying to root down into the members of our church, our community. Every day we're still doing... Um, the daily office where we sit and we listen to the Lord um, and we spend time being with Jesus, sitting there face to face with him, with our ears and our eyes attentive to what he wants to say to us. And then we open up scripture together and we look at the word and we ask, how is the Lord speaking to me? Are we listening more than we speak? Is listening and an essential part of our spiritual discipline, an essential, essential part of how we spend um, and craft our day, 
where we sit in front, front of Jesus and we ask him to ask to hear from him. It says so slow to speak. So as we compare our time with the Lord, when we sit down with him, when we're in front of him, are we quick to speak? Are we quick to jump into our patent prayer? Are we quick to say all of our requests and walk away? Or are we giving space to listen to the Lord? If this is something you want to work on, we have a daily opportunity for that. Uh, there's a link with a Zoom every day at 9 a.m. Pastor Chrissy and I and Joey and Vivian, we sit down together uh, and you're welcome to be with us. And we just spend time learning how to do this together. It's such a practical way for you to jump in and, and just get some of the um, yeah, best moments of our community doing that together. Secondly, it says slow to become angry. And I think that's another response we can have as we look at the word. I've, we've actually had people in small group as we're dissecting the word together, become angry, start yelling, uh, even get up and walk out of Bible study. And, and I think that we, if we're taking the word of God seriously, if we really care about it, which I give these people credence um, and credit for, right? You're not going to react angrily if you don't care. But it says that, man, the word of God, as it's a mirror to our own soul, sometimes it's different than how we've perceived ourselves. You know, we thought we were a great person. We didn't know that was a sin. Uh, we thought we thought us living a life that's good enough will get us into heaven. Um, we didn't know that God had an attribute of justice, right? And so we're looking at this and we can respond with quick anger. We can be the judges of scripture and let instead of letting scripture judge and weigh us. So it says to be patient and slow to anger. Be a, be a listener. And I think alongside of that is a humility that we would subject ourselves under the word of God. We would say, God, as we listen to your word, you have the authority to speak to me. You have the authority to say who I am, who I am not, how I should live and how I should not live. Isn't it, isn't our culture essentially placing ourselves over God's word. I've had so many conversations with really liberal Christians where at the end of the day, I'm like, it just sounds like you are the authority that you get to say which parts of the Bible is true and not true. You get to uh, superimpose your idea of God onto scripture and invalidate other times where he's angry and, and, and he's judging, he's enacting judgment. You get to say that that's not really him. Humility doesn't do that. Humility says, this is God's word and it's going to reflect me. And I'm going to accept that reflection. The last thing is that we would get rid of all moral filth. You know, um, sin prevents, clouds our eyes. Especially the sin that we want to retain and keep in our life. You know, if there's an addiction that you don't want to let go of, 
If there's a sin or a grudge that you want to keep in your back pocket, it's going to be really hard to have clear eyes to see scripture and also have scripture see us, right? Whenever we enter into God's presence, um, we, we do it as a servant to a king. Uh, we do it in surrender. And that's how and when he speaks to us. So as we get rid of sin, the most beautiful part is that we get to understand scripture and fellowship with the Lord in, in the clearest ways. But when we're holding on to sin, we're not able to hold on to God. Now, as we uh, work on being able to enter into our time in God's word, right? In these postures, in listening, uh, slow to anger and humility, and in repentance, examining our heart and asking the Lord to get rid of the sin in our life, wanting to be uh, holy before him because of his forgiveness and his righteousness, we get to see a clear reflection of who we are. But you know, that reflection isn't enough. It says, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. You know, there's a deceptiveness in just seeing who we are. There's a deceptiveness in knowing God's word and not doing it. Especially if you've grown up at church, been a Christian for a long time, especially if you're a pastor like me and gone through seminary, you know so much of God's word. And it's easy to let that knowledge deceive you. To think that because you know something, you are something. Because you know something, you've become it. No, there's a chasm between what we hear and what we understand and who we are, how it's being reflected in our soul, whether our soul has absorbed this truth and become it. And so that's the exhortation here, that, there's, that it's, it's easy to hear a sermon and be like, I understand. It's easy to go into the word and say, I get it. I can interpret this accurately. But James said that's not really meaningful. It's like a man who looks at the mirror sees who he is, but doesn't do anything about it, just walks away, right? He sees that, you know, two, I think five weeks ago, I'm helping Tiki with announcements. She's preaching. I have like two strands of hair hanging down my forehead. It's, it was, I was, I couldn't not look at that. I don't know if you guys remember it, but I, maybe it's just me. I'm just self-conscious, but it was, it was just the worst, right? It's like I rolled out of bed, I didn't care about our church or Jesus. And um, after after watching that, I'm like texting the team, like someone needs to tell me that I have two strands of hair hanging off of my, hanging through down my forehead. If I had seen it, I would have recombed my hair, right? It was an easy fix, but I didn't see it. Now imagine me um, having looked at the mirror, seeing that my face was super uh, greasy and, and these two strands were hanging down my forehead that my shirt was wrinkled, you know, or, or half torn. 
And then I just walk away and I, I preach to you guys and we get like a thousand views. A thousand people have to look at my face that way. Um, wouldn't that be a, a useless uh, a useless way to use a mirror? You know, uh, for me personally, I, I love pulpit sharing. I think some of us just kind of taking the load off of preaching and we have, you know, Pastor Dave, who's a phenomenal communicator of God's word. Um, and seriously, one of my favorite preachers, and I've heard a lot of guys. So we're so blessed to have him anchor the pulpit. But we're also rotating interns through this series. We've had Kristen Whitmore, Jonathan Whitmore as regulars in our church. And, you know, one of the reasons why I do this is because there's a plague in being a teacher of God's word. And, and it's this deception. It's me understanding a passage, reading three commentaries on it, uh, preaching it passionately, understanding the application. And yet I, I can't do everything I'm teaching. I can't work on, on what I know week uh, in seven days, you know, like this stuff just doesn't, doesn't change me in that short a time. I'm not able to work on my character as I study God's word in that pace. And so me sharing the pulpit is me giving myself time to be not just a listener of his word, but a doer, not just someone who understands scripture, but is, is trying to live it out. I hope that you do the same. You know, this, um, this reflection, as James is talking about, as we, it's not just a reflection, again, of our soul, but it shows us who we can be. So it, it shows us who we are, but it also shows us what to do. It shows us the image of who we can become, right? So if you look at this, this intensely at the perfect law, it gives you freedom and allows you to be blessed. There's this really high-tech um, home fitness mirror. And what it does is it gives a ref it teaches you different exercises. You could do aerobics with it. You could do yoga. Here's a picture of, of a woman doing yoga. So it gives you a picture of of what you're doing, right? It reflects your body um, and and its motion, but it also on t layered on top of the reflection of you is um, the instructor who's doing it perfectly, who's showing your, so you're getting to see where you're at and who you are, which is a great gift, but it also shows you who you are to become. It gives you a vision of your, of your future self. It gives you a vision of, of your spirit and your inner being crafted into God's image. And the kind of freedom that that can lead to, the kind of righteousness and good works that you can do as you become like Jesus. That's the power of this mirror, of the mirror of God's word. It's not just 
where you are now, but it's who you be, can become. And it gives you a path on how to do that. Um, you know, I, I, in these years of fighting uh, addiction, um, um, I will sit back and just envision my life without it. And I think that's because of the word. There's this hope and a growing hope that my eyes will be clear when I look at a woman that she'll be my sister. And I want, I want to protect her in deep and significant ways. That I want to value her, right? Sexual addiction devalues women. It objects, objectifies them. It gives you a specific lens towards uh, women. And then there's this other person that God is calling out of you to protect, uh, to care for, to love in a pure way. And, and you can't do both. And I think what, what the Bible shows you is who you can become. You know, instead of someone who's obsessed with money, it gives you a vision of someone who is generous, who is secure in God, the provider. And someone, instead of someone who um, is, is binging on Netflix and letting time just fly by, the Bible gives us a vision if we're willing to look at it, if we're willing to humble ourselves under it, it gives us a vision and a hope of us spending our time well, spending our time with purpose, with eternity in mind, spending our time crafting our own character so that we have a, a stronger soul, a great, a stronger body, more patience, uh, more will, more grit, right? That we, instead of letting our life waste away in gaming and on Netflix, we spend it investing in our character and in, uh, investing in the souls of others, impacting others. The word, as we look at it, shows us ourself. It, it shows us um, how we can take the trials in our life. We look at the trial, right? James says, you look at the trial, you want to be angry or you want to avoid that pain and go to your addiction. You want to be upset that trials in front of you. But but you can have joy because you can look at this trial and say, God, as I look at this, the word in front of me, I can see how this trial is, is a curriculum to craft me into maturity so that I'm mature and complete, not lacking anything. Right. So as we look at scripture, we see what it looks like for us to become complete you know, there's so many incomplete Christians out there. There's so many Christians that I've met who are really gifted, who are very social, who can, are, is very attractive, they're magnetic, or their talent is through the roof. But there's an incompleteness to who they are. There's an aspect of who they are that is extremely immature. They haven't worked on their anger issue. They want to be seen all the time. Um, they're really insecure and it's hidden away. 
And, and what this mirror does is it shows those parts of us that are incomplete and immature. And then it shows these hardships and trials in our life and it, and it bridges it together to say, if you take this trial with joy, if you choose to persevere through the pain of parts of you that are immature, you can become this other reflection of who God's intending you to be. Do you see that, brothers and sisters? This mirror is powerful. This mirror is who we are now. But as we stare into the perfect law, it's also who we can be. If we do instead of listen, right? We, there's, there's stages in how our soul is formed. We listen to truth. That's stage one. Then we do what it says. We start integrating it into our life. And then after that, our soul, through that integration of what we hear and what we do, it then becomes who we are. And that's true in sin as well, right? We, we can hear and think um, of sin. And then we carry it out. And as we carry out the sin habitually, it seeps into our character and our soul. We need to not just be listeners to God's word, not just allow it to reflect us, um, but to do what it says so that it can become who we are. In the next passage, James gives us a vision of what this looks like to be formed in our soul. He says, those who consider themselves religious, yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. The outcome of our spirit and soul being formed through seeing our reflection in God's word is that we're unpolluted for the sake of serving others. That we look at the people who are most hurting in our city, in our church, and we care for them. We look at the most vulnerable and we love them. And that's the soul that God is crafting, a soul that sees and loves the orphans and the widows. You know, that's maybe the thing I'm most proud of of our church. When people ask me, what is your church about? I talk about the foster kids camp that uh, many of us go to every year that I got to go to. Um, mentoring foster youth. Uh, providing homes through OC United for transitional foster kids, adults uh, that are still looking to find a job and finish their education. I point to our 10 volunteers who are mentoring at-risk youth every week or the volunteers who are helping out with special needs population. Um, this month we're sending out baking supplies to make cookies to each of their homes um, and doing a special needs event where we're baking together. I, I'm proud of um, 
our volunteers who are taking care of the kids who have gone through domestic violence and loving on them. And I think that's the vision of the church. It's not just to recoil, protect, and not sin. That's not the goal. It's to not sin so so that we look out. You know, sin turns us inward. It makes us selfish. Righteousness, the version of who we are to be, um, is able to look outward because of who God is making us. You know, we live in a culture that's just so obsessed with our outward appearance. I remember, uh, I think this was about 2012, where I was the biggest I've ever been. There's a picture of me, really big. Um, I gained a lot of weight, being stressed, um, kind of being a low point in life, not making time to exercise. And it just took a lot of work to get my body to where I wanted it to be. I'm going to have to work again after COVID or during COVID. Um, but we're, we have our eyes on that all the time, right? I know exactly how much I weigh every week. Um, I, I know exactly how many pounds I've gained and I've lost. And I think what James is saying is that your soul, taking a look at your soul through God's word and having a vision of what fitness, what Uh, Being healthy looks like um, in your inner being is far more important, right? Our bodies are important, but it's limited. There's a limited importance in having a healthy body. There's a greater importance of having a healthy soul. I hope that through this book of James, as we look at the word, as we gather as Christians, our value for our soul will grow and will uh, as often as we look in the mirror, as long as as often as we look at the scale, as often as we're looking at our Instagram photo, we would even more so look at our hearts and our souls through God's word. We remember again how how God said that to to Nathan that man looks at the appearance, but God looks at the heart. And I hope that our hearts would please the Lord. You know, again, um, so much of our soul can be defined by our addiction. So much of what makes it hard to look at scriptures because of the sin residing in our life. And I want to go back to Roy's announcement for our sexual addiction workshop starting tomorrow. Please come and join us. You know, whether that's whether you're wrestling with pornography or you're hooking up or you're stumbling with your significant other, or you're just obsessed with um, your self-image and wanting to be attractive. This is a space for us to grow and fight such a prevalent um, kind of stain on our collective souls together. And I believe God has a vision, right? If, If you've been wrestling with this, I'm sure you're looking at God's word and you have a vision of who you can be without this addiction, the way you can love, how you'll feel about yourself, um, how you'll be able to live more authentically and not be in shame, how you won't be in compulsion towards evil, but, but you'll be overflowing with love and value and seeing women and men in a healthy way, having relationships that are, are truly generous and for the other person instead of wanting to take. And 
I, I hope that, that, that you'll see that vision of who you are meant to be as you looked at God's word today and that we'll journey towards that together. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for our time in your word, how it shows us our true self and gives us a vision of who you're calling us to be. I know for so many of us, we're stuck in uh, sexual addiction. And, and I pray that for those of us who have given up hope, who feel like maybe this is going to be a part of our life forever, that today, as we look in your word, we would find hope again. We would see the man, the woman that you are creating um, inside of us. And, and that we would have a clear picture of that through your word, Lord. And that as a community, we can walk towards that together. That we would accept each other as is. And we would take a step towards who we can be. Thank you for your word, but also thank you for your grace and your love. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins and accepting us. That you're, we're not working for your love and forgiveness. We're not working for your acceptance. We're working to be better because of your forgiveness, your love and acceptance. Because we are your son, your daughter. Um, what an amazing place it is to work out of, to grow from. Um, yeah, I pray that we would extend that to each other uh, this week. In Jesus' name, amen.